0: Welcome back to the Gary Sutton Show here on WSPA, and we are joined this morning by Ryan Fox, Gettysburg Director of the Financial Council, a fee-only financial advisory firm for a segment that we call every Tuesday morning, The Financial Pulse. Good morning, Ryan. How are you?
1: Hey, I'm good. How are you doing today?
0: I am doing very well. Thank you for asking. Uh, the Orioles are winning, so I'm happy they about are? that. Yes, they are. They're up by 10 games now. 10 yeah, I didn't games. see the
1: game yesterday, but boy, what a lead.
0: 4 nothing shutout again last night. Over the Boston Red Sox. Um, So they're happily enjoying a cup of chowder today. And, uh, you know, anyway, getting ready for another beating, hopefully, tonight. Uh, The magic number down to 11 now. Any combination of Royals wins, Yankees, or or, uh, Toronto losses. And we're going to end the season in first place, which is wonderful news. But that has nothing to do with what we're talking about this morning. Except that it's always a happy time to be talking with you. As I segue awkwardly into our segment here, uh, you are with the Financial Consul, a fee-only financial advisory For For a lot of people out there, before we get to our subject, they say, fee-only. Doesn't everybody have fee-only when they do something? No, they don't. And uh, I think that's something that we can never tell people enough about, right? Well, sure. Thanks,
1: Gary. Yeah, there's there's a number of different ways that financial services are provided to people. There are people who sell products and earn commissions, and that is called either commission-based or fee-based, where they can charge commissions and fees. Our side of the table is we are fiduciaries for our clients, and we're fee only. Our only compensation comes directly from our clients for the services we provide. So for many people, they'll say, well, I don't know that I'm paying any fees. And, you know, I saw a really good commercial on TV the other day about it with a little kid asking his dad who this person was. Mm And the kid says, well, what are you paying that person? And he said, well, gosh, you know, I'm not sure. And I saw looks, that. He says, well, you really should know. And my, my wife perked up. She said, that is a great commercial. And I thought, wow, it really is. But yeah, fee-only means we're fiduciaries for our clients. Their interests come before our own. And we have no products that we sell to people. So as a result, our only compensation comes from directly when they hire us, either for financial planning or investment management.
0: Now, having said that, and I saw that same commercial and the kid keeps asking questions and finally goes in the house and the dad's standing there going, "Yeah, why is it that way? Why, you know, so we should be asking questions about our money and where it's going and how we're dealing with it. And I know for the Financial Pulse this morning, you wanted to talk a little bit about the million-dollar savings and some associated details on that. Anytime you say a million-dollar savings, my ears perk up, so take, take it away.
1: Yeah, thanks, Gary. You know, well, back when I was a, a little kid in the early 70s, you know, this, this idea that you'd hear someone was a millionaire, it was so far removed, and it was literally a dream. Yeah, I had a great uncle who was a, a fancy executive in, in another county who would come and visit us at my house here in Gettysburg when I was a little kid, and he'd always have the newest Toyota. And he'd pull in. And this, you know, a Toyota then was like a Maserati today. It always seemed so fascinating. Well, he'd come in, and my dad and he would always have a conversation that would surround the stock market. And, you know, my parents weren't big investors or anything back then. And I never had any idea what kind of money he had. But let's say this was, you know, around 1980, and he did have a million dollars. Well, in today's terms, with inflation adjustments, that's about $2.4 million. So you can see this idea of a million dollars then versus now, what it means for people. And we hear that preached all the time about a million dollars, this and that. But that's really not the right benchmark for many people. And I'll give you two examples Two examples would be, you know, you have a high high performing professional couple in a field where they're trained to live a visibly wealthy existence that maybe they have a million dollars in retirement savings when they project their wants, they probably need four or five million dollars to retire to hit that. The flip side of that is two people who've retired, maybe they were in public service, they live frugally their lives, you know, maybe they have a half million dollars saved up, they have their house paid off, they've lived, they have live off a couple of pensions, maybe Social Security and work part-time. Those people may have a much more affluent, wealthy retirement than the people who earn a lot more money who are perceived to be millionaires because of how they're trained to live. So for some people, a million dollars is plenty. For others, it's nowhere near and even though we hear about it, things like that, We've got to find ways to try to boost what we can, but understand really what our individual needs are. And that kind of corresponds into this concept of visible affluence that we we hear and see so much. You know, and, and you mentioned pro baseball, and you know, there are great examples. Many of those people will go down their career, earn millions and millions of dollars, but you never know when your career ends, either because no one wants you, or you do something stupid on video and you lose your career yeah, Amen. Yeah, Um, And, you know, one of the things that's creating that right now is we have so much social media where people tend to follow and post pictures about you know, great trips and vacations, which are all wonderful. But you see sort of a, an economic stigma that starts to build with people where they say, well, gosh, no longer am I keeping up just with the Joneses next door, but I'm trying to keep up with all 800 friends I have on Facebook <laughs> with certain yeah. things too. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that and bring some awareness to that, that no matter where people are economically now, their retirement needs are customized based on their circumstances, expectations, and really how they expect to live then and also how they expect to live now.
0: And obviously, with the longer lifetimes of living after retirement, uh, you, you need to factor that in as well, right?
1: You really do. And you know, for a lot of people who say, I haven't quite saved enough, well, first of all, what is enough? How do yeah. you increase your retirement income? Work a couple years longer, put off Social Security to lock in a bigger benefit, And work part-time doing something you enjoy and maybe that means cutting back your hours at your current job or when you retire move to a cheaper area a smaller home you hear about downsizing things like that if you're cutting your utility costs and your property taxes and your operating expenses and your maintenance costs That's all going to help. You know, something else is plan ahead too. You know, at sixty-five, it's a very difficult time to plan for retirement if you're not there. You know, people ask me when's an ideal time to get a financial plan done. We just finished one for a thirty-eight-year-old family. Most people are in their forties and fifties. Somewhere between forty and sixty is a great time. But if if you're around fifty and you've never had a review done of your four hundred one k, your future projections, and you need help with that. That's a really good time to start researching how to get it done.
0: And you're just the kind of guy to call. They can call you at 334-1861 and that great website as well, right? Yeah,
1: thank you. We can go folks can go to ryanfox.info and hear clips from the show, kind of review and kick the tires on who we are, or what we sound like. Um, And then they're welcome to call and, you know, kick the tires even more. And what we do is an introductory meeting where we meet with folks, and I say we, it's uh, it's usually me and one other person if possible. And uh, in our team approach, we'll sit for an hour and go through everything about all of our potential fees, how we operate, and then folks can decide if we're a fit or not.
0: Ryan, great stuff as always this morning. Thank you so much for taking the time.
1: Hey, go O's and have a great
0: week. (laughs) We'll see you next Tuesday morning. Ryan Fox, the Gettysburg Director of the Financial Council at a fee-only financial advisory firm.